Boy, oh boy, it's good to be back. <laughs> back in front of a microphone for the first time in what must be three weeks. Over the last two weeks, I had pre-recorded podcasts to put out. On a monthly basis, I'm going to be doing recordings with my good friend Matt Thompson. He's the host of the Best of Belfast podcast. There's a whole story as to why we're doing regular episodes. If you want to learn more, just go back into the archive, find other episodes with Matt, you'll learn. (laughs) But basically, in a nutshell, it's just because we have a blast doing it. And the last time we got together, we recorded an episode that ran on over three hours long. And truthfully, it felt like the best podcast that I'd done to date. And I figured if I put this out in a three hour chunk, there's going to be some people that listen to this for like maybe an hour and intend to come back to it and never get there. And I thought that there's more likelihood that people will listen to this all the way through if I put it in two blocks. So the last two weeks, you had parts one and two of the last recording that I did with Matt Thompson. And he put that out as one episode, I believe, on his Best of Belfast podcast. So uh, yeah, he has maybe more faith in his listeners than I have in you, I'm sorry to say. But hey, you know what? Like, don't take that personally. He's done 200 or something episodes you know, we're still in the early stages of getting to know each other here. You know, what is this, 12 episodes in? A dozen episodes? Matt's got 200 or something with his audience. That's not to say we're not going to cut to be as close. Me and you, Scott Riley, the host of the Causeway Living podcast, you, the my beloved listener. <laughs> We're going to get every bit as close as uh, the guys who are super into the Best of Belfast podcast over with Matt. Not that it has to be some competition, but uh, if it was, we would crush them. <laughs> not that, uh, again, not, not that it's a competition or anything, you know, just if it was, I mean, hypothetically speaking, you know, the Causeway, lifts, the Causeway Living listeners and people who are into Causeway Living, they are some hardy motherfuckers you know what i'm talking about like getting into ice baths and into the sea in the middle of winter i'm some tough people and it reminds me actually of the early days of dash and splash uh one of uh the guys who would come pretty religiously week in week out uh hashtag not a cult <laughs> my friend sean would always joke that uh you know he's like it was a, I don't know, cult army camp, toughening people up, getting people into the sea in the middle of winter, making them hardy. And and then I was doing these workshops also at Crawford's Burn Scout Center around that time as well, getting people up and down climbing walls and, um, yeah, preparing, <laughs> preparing my, uh, my, my followers for the great revolution. And, uh, hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe with the way the world's going in hindsight, that might've been a good idea. But it was never the intention. It was just some good, wholesome, sea-swimming fun. And talking about that, I feel like right up at the start of the podcast, I'm going to drop a mention for some more sea-swimming fun. Dash and Splash has not been running in its old format for some time. So back in the day, Dash and Splash was a weekly event and I used to put that up on the Causeway Living Facebook page and there would be a link from the website to that Facebook event so people could check in there even if they weren't, uh, didn't have a Facebook account and 
we would get together for a run that was organized. We would uh, I had it start off at Picky Fun Park, which for those who don't know is like a kids play area with a cafe and had an arrangement with them where we could get everyone who's come to Dash and Splash to lock up their bags in one of the beach huts they had. We'd go for a run 15 minutes out along the coast, turn around, come back. And then obviously everyone would be back after 30 minutes. So it didn't matter if you ran 5K in that time or you basically just went for a short stroll for 30 minutes. The idea being that it could be open to all ability levels that way. And then whenever we had everyone back together, we'd open up the beach hut, grab the bags, get down to the coast. And when everyone was ready, everyone would line up. I would stand up in front of the group and just give everyone a heads up that getting into the cold water they might find that their breath's taken away a little bit and if that was the case it's all safe and nothing to worry about all you had to do was focus on slowing down your outward breath and we'd take three or four big deep breaths together and i'd turn on my heel and stroll out casually into the sea i'd kind of like turn my way around and get in up to my shoulders pretty quickly and just keep that encouragement going for the oncoming horde. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that more people could have had the view that I had of Dash and Splash. I'd like walk out into the water and turn around and kind of like move backwards as this uh, mass of people was coming towards me. And all the faces of the people <laughs> who were like struggling to get into the cold, like, oh, it's cold. And uh, yeah, I'd just be given this uh, <laughs> ongoing running uh, encouragement of like just slow down your breath and like basically laughing through it and having a jolly old time and there's whole there's all sorts of levels to this by the way you know uh there's co-regulation going on there where people's nervous systems all jacked up into fight or flight because they're going into physiological stress of the cold and then they can co-regulate with me who's very calm and laughing and joyous in the moment <laughs> and uh, like pulling people from a nervous system point of view into a more calm place where uh, if they also focused on slowing down their breath the breath and the nervous system are connected so they would move more into this parasympathetic rest state in the in the cold which without going on another science tangent is just this massively awesome health thing that you can do to train your body to basically be calm in chaos so find like this rest state under a physiological stress and uh, we get in the water and everyone have a great old time with that they'd elevate the stress levels get into the water and then come down to this rest state in the water and there's even more interesting science there because after going into the initial stress state the like prefrontal cortex the human thinking analytical brain shuts down in that moment you kind of go more into survival mode and you know whenever someone's getting into freezing cold water they're right there in the present moment you know no one's getting into the freezing water thinking like oh, i wonder what i'll have for dinner later or oh I remember that thing the guy said to me yesterday raging about that no you're right there dealing with the fact that you're in freezing water <laughs> and uh, you're brought right to the present moment so your brain becomes quiet which for some people might that might be the only time that happens for them and then you down regulate from stress so you get into this calm place but your mind still remains quiet and then you've just got all these people who are in this lovely present moment almost childlike state in under like a stressor and they're doing it together so that's also a massive bonding thing too where people get 
into a physiological stress together and then get through it safely and like the most extreme example of how that's a bonding thing is like in the military you know you hear military people talking about how they're you know the the people that they work with are like brothers and sisters and um because they are in literally a life or death situation but you know me getting people into the cold water i'm tricking their nervous system into thinking it's in a life or death situation which technically i mean if you did stay in the freezing cold water for hours and hours on end like you, you would be but uh, like just a short amount of time is enough to trick that system a little bit uh go into the stress you come out together and just people become the best friends by doing it there's so many awesome stories from dash and splash of people becoming such great friends and multiple relationships a marriage uh recently um congratulations to actually i might not say the names on the podcast because i don't know (laughs) if they would want this to go public but congratulations to two dash and splashers who i know met at that event and have recently moved in together if you are listening to this podcast I would say your names, but I'm going to respect your privacy in case you may not want that public. Um, so yeah, cool stories like that. And um, yeah, what an, uh, an amazing event it was. However, things have a place and a time and the world changed. <laughs> Lockdowns came around and all of a sudden breathing together became the most dangerous thing in the world. So uh, having everyone line up on the beach together and take some deep breaths um, or even having people too close together again became uh, this terrible thing so uh, having everyone put their bags in the beach hut and crowding around there it just became something that wasn't doable even whenever things loosened up a bit um, there was the opportunity to have like bigger outdoor gatherings I uh, brought dash and splash back as a weekly event but in a new format where Uh, the run was just something that people could do by themselves and then a time for people to get into the water on their own so it wouldn't be one mass thing with a bit of breathing and honestly it never really came back the same you know I kind of actually feel like there's some people who came to that who never got the opportunity to come to like the original dash and splash and I always felt like ah damn you never really got the proper dash and splash experience (laughs) which is a bit of a bummer and I don't know if it'll if it'll ever come back in the old format truth be told highly unlikely because i feel like it was just a special thing that had its time and it served a purpose in that time too because back then sea swimming wasn't a thing like there was maybe a couple of small groups only one that i know locally of like maybe uh, they might forgive me for saying like older people who would get together and um, go for you know a little bit of a swim and uh, not like it is nowadays where like every little beach around the coast has maybe even multiple swim groups <laughs> and uh, and tons of people just going in on their own like when Dash and Splash was doing its thing just sea swimming wasn't like a normal thing that people did you had these maybe small groups of older people people maybe who'd done it like for their whole lives and maybe triathletes and sea proper sea swimmers but uh as for people just going in for a dip in the cold water like dash and splash was like this thing that facilitated that in a time where there wasn't like it just 
it wasn't this thing that people know is safe and quote unquote normal. <laughs> there was just some mad guy along the coast who was really into the Wim Hof method, becoming a Wim Hof method instructor, uh, running and jumping in the sea. And he, i.e. me, decided to invite others and uh, set up as an event called Dash and Splash. And in that time, you know, it provided a safe space for people to figure out this cold water thing. You know, they had a bit of instruction, they had a bit of guidance, they had a bit of community support. And in that time, it just it filled a, a purpose. And nowadays, you know, there's a million sea swimming groups and uh, any amount of people who would be super happy to like say, oh, come with me, you know, I'll take show you the ropes, just breathe through it and get in up your shoulders pretty quickly without rushing it. And um, yeah, the the need for a special group like Dash and Splash uh, isn't as strong as it once was. So... The likelihood of Dash and Splash coming back in its full-on weekly event, organized run with locking up the bags, all the rest of it, um, is probably not ever going to happen. It does still run in some form. There's the Team Dash and Splash Facebook group where people like organize swims. And on Sundays, uh, David, who is a moderator of the group, puts up a time most Sundays for people to gather for a splash and there's always a suggestion hey if you want to dash just go for a run half an hour before and that's cool it's all very laid back there's no like guided thing into the water but there's an opportunity for the team dash and splash group to have like a focal point on a sunday uh, on a sunday a time to all get together get in the water and dash and splash kind of lives on in that form it also lives on though uh, it's taken me like nearly 15 minutes to meander my way to is going to be one-off special splashes so at halloween there there was the dash and slash halloween special and on that morning it was really weird weather wise it absolutely pissed on out of heavens like way more heavy rain than you would ever normally see here Another thing people think about Northern Ireland is, oh, it rains all the time. It doesn't actually often rain like super heavily. That morning, it absolutely pissed it down with a vengeance. And uh, I'd say about five minutes after the start time. So I actually think it was an early morning too, maybe like nine o'clock. Uh, it was raining up until a few minutes after nine. And then the sun broke out and it was beautiful. So those hardy souls who got up early on a Sunday morning, despite the insane rain, came down on Halloween all dressed up and stuff. I don't know how many was there. If it was even 20, you know, it might. It was probably even less than that. And uh, all those 20 people, including my good self, got to enjoy the sun breaking out and it being a beautiful, um, <laughs> beautiful little Dash and Splash special event. So for that special event, it was kind of smaller than normal. But this Christmas Santa Splash is coming up next week at the time of recording. So that's Sunday the 19th at 10am. And the Santa Splash optional dash. So if you want to go for a run, sort that out yourself beforehand. Just be back on the beach for 10am in your swimwear and Santa hats and elf ears, reindeer antlers, whatever Christmassy stuff that you want to bring. 
and we're going to do the cold water part old school dash and splash style so we're going to gather together on the beach I'm going to give any folks who are new a bit of a heads up that their breath might be taken away, the whole drill, a few deep breaths, walk into the water, and once everyone's in, probably have a big old Merry Christmas and a cheer, and it's just going to be awesome crack. So <laughs> if you've listened to over 15 minutes of explanation about uh, the past of Dash and Splash and everything leading up to next Sunday, or this Sunday coming for you whenever you're listening to this if you're listening to it in the week that it's released, <laughs> the podcast is released, um, do come along. You're emotionally invested now. You know the history of Dash and Splash, so get yourself there. Wear your like Christmas stuff. Be mindful that it's probably going to get wet in the sea, and <laughs> we're going to have a great old laugh. And let's see what we can do with Dash and Splash next year. There's going to be St. Patrick's Day, St. Paddy's Splash, which will be a fun one. Everyone dressed up in green. The summer solstice is always a big one. Even this summer solstice past, I'd say pushing 100 people, maybe more, uh, for some Wim Hof breathing. That was a fun thing to do. I took um, a big Wim Hof method breathing session on the green behind the beach, got everyone down, some deep breaths into the water, and that was awesome. I was just coming out of one of the lockdowns, I believe, too, and... Just such an amazing experience to have like human connection again. <laughs> and thank God it didn't turn into some super spreader event of like local man causes COVID shitstorm. <laughs> so yeah, everyone was pretty uh, good. I don't know. I don't really want to get into all that bullshit anyway. This is supposed to be an entertainment podcast. And uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully you found a little bit of the background of Dash and Splash entertaining there. And a heads up about the Santa Splash coming soon. It wasn't just the Santa Splash I wanted to give you a heads up about though. I felt like this podcast would be good to talk about that and I wasn't expecting to go into the whole spiel about the past of Dash and Splash but there we are. I also wanted to give you guys a heads up of some other new things coming next year. So the first and probably easiest thing to talk about are more Wim Hof Method workshops. There's one on the 22nd of January and one on the 5th of February. And the one in January is already half full. So there's only four spaces left. It's going to be all done in small groups. In part, you know, because of the restrictions and everything else and um, getting people breathing together. I uh, don't want too many people in the room so everyone can spread out. And... Doing a couple of those again uh, at the end of this year was just awesome. Like I kind of forgotten the feeling, to be honest, of running a workshop like that where everyone comes in probably a bit nervous because part of the workshop involves an ice bath. And even like hardy sea swimming folks, the thought of an ice bath, like psychologically stepping into ice, is uh, <laughs> it's no mean feat. <laughs> but even though you got a grip of you know, eight random people turning up and you might have a couple of like duos, friends, partners or whatever come in, but mostly like eight people who don't know each other, all a bit nervous and uh, through opening up with a bit of story at the start and engaging and connecting with the Wim Hof method on an emotional level, which I always feel is a really good foundation and then going into the practical experiences of the breath work and then a bit of the theory and science about that working on the mindset part of the method 
again practically and you know maybe talk a bit about theory and the science afterwards and then the big finale the ice bath and again you know filling in the details of what's actually going on there in the body and with the mind and giving people an intellectual understanding of it after they've got the embodied experience of it which is a million times more important than just the intellectual understanding (laughs) so by the end of that experience for reasons very similar that i explained around the success of dash and splash in bringing people together you know these people go through a physiological stress together and um, and even in part with the breathing as well I don't think I'm going to go into a whole tangent on that but uh, there's a bonding thing going with the breathing there too and everyone's just best mates by the end of it and some of the best crack is like getting a group photo at the end and everyone's having a laugh and like warming up over teas and coffees again and uh, apart from all the other awesome stuff you learn it's just an and crazy like close connection with random people and genuinely a life-changing experience and you know i say that from my own experience of the wim hof method but also i mean it's, it's extremely humbling the amount of people that have got in touch with me over the years to say uh the workshop maybe not even this specific workshop but sometimes the wim hof method one other ones that i've done in the morns or weekend retreats they've been the catalyst for that person to go on and change their life and really improve their life circumstances and actually that's something i'd like to do in this podcast in the future just bring in some of those people who are willing to share their story about like experiences on the workshop and more importantly what they've gone on and done afterwards like the stories are so cool and like i said like massively humbling (laughs) to be like a, a part of somebody doing something really awesome for themselves and if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, like I said, there's a couple of opportunities early next year. I don't know how many more of those Wim Hof specific ones I'm going to do. It feels like a kind of awesome thing to do around winter time. The venue that I'm using at the minute is good around winter time because it's not that busy. But getting into the spring and the summer, uh, I probably won't be doing workshops at that location. So, hell, if you have a venue locally and you think, you know what, I really want the Wim Hof method at my place, <laughs> reach out, get in touch. Um, obviously, you know, a, a certain ambience is, adds a lot to it. You know, I've done workshops at really, really cool places. Uh, my friend Stephen Bell's gym, Wildfoot, was like probably the best ever place for doing my workshops. He actually installed a proper old school bathtub out in his forest so he has like a forest on his land and this really cool barn gym and yeah like that added a lot to it as well and uh, another incredible place that I'd done at Wim Hof weekends was down at Bryansford Cottage so big up to Mary and Jay and Danny and Dougal there if any of you guys are listening (laughs) and um, you know what I'd love to do more weekend retreats and maybe down in that neck of the woods again so hell if that's something you're interested in and you're listening to the podcast it's not on my immediate focus at the minute but you know if like half a dozen people get in touch and say i really want to do a weekend retreat with you then it'll happen you can be a part of making that happen so you know engage reach out tell me what you want and and we'll do it so 
immediately anyway like i said two wim hof workshops coming up the first one's half full if you want to get involved in those just go to the website it's causewayliving.com there is a wim hof part of the website where you can go to and book onto that or just drop me a mail and if you have any questions but most of the details about what's involved in the workshop and what you can expect from it is on the website one thing you won't find on the website is another new thing that i'm working on so this is an updated version of a program that i put out in the summer past I did a four-week program that involved some fun movement games, going really deep with guided meditation, and the final part of it was meaningful connections, so talking about the experience that you go through in the meditation and what came up for you. And I really believe it's the most powerful thing that I've done. It was a four-week program, so I got people together once a week over four weeks, and in between the four weeks, there would be... Uh, something to focus on and it wouldn't be like some big mad task and like a big ask of the people involved but it would be something generally related to the theme of each week every one of the four weeks had a different theme and it was based on the elements so we had air water fire and earth and how they related to things like anger and sadness and uh, activity and face and engagement and flow and it was just, like I said, it was probably the deepest thing that I've done through Causeway Living. You know, you've got to real places over time with people that, you know, I still get folks who came and did that four weeks. Um, you know, I did a couple of those groups and saying how much it had impacted them. And I think that every element in it was like perfect for that moment. But what I didn't feel necessarily perfect was how it was packaged as a four-week thing. You know, it was quite a commitment for people to make. Like every, I was doing them on Friday nights, every Friday night for four weeks. And, you know, people have kids that need minded and all sorts of things that, if nothing else, they can use as an excuse to, <laughs> to say, oh, you know, not this time, another time. And potentially, like, if there is some protective part of their psyche not wanting to go into those real depths, which basically everyone has, uh, there's plenty of uh, backout clauses for them. <laughs> um, also, it's like a financial commitment over four weeks as well. I was doing a very small group of six people. So, obviously, there was enough of an investment there that um, could potentially cause someone to feel, oh, you know, not in this moment given that it was like in covid times as well when people were you know struggling with work and i feel like if i can package the elements of that program in a way that's more accessible it's definitely going to be the best thing that i've ever done so fun movement and having a laugh and generally larking around and being a big kid uh well like kind of basically do an exercise without thinking about it <laughs> so um going to involve an element of that at the start to get everyone loosened up and very present of course through movement and connection uh, going deep with meditation probably on a different subject each week and uh, and some meaningful connections so i'm still working out exactly how to put that together but i'm thinking like maybe a 90 minute thing uh, an optional thing to partner people up at the end 
there's a, a really awesome talking and listening exercise that only takes 10 minutes and it's super, super simple that I involved each week in the the four-week program in the summer past that I'll probably put as an optional thing on the end of this uh, on the end of this thing that I'm hoping to bring in in the new year so you know there's a chance to meet like-minded others who are into this kind of thing and see where it goes from there you know I'd be open to taking that all kinds of places maybe like extra gatherings like to go down to the beach and do a bit of rock balancing or get in the sea or I feel like I've got all the elements for something really good. I'm just in the process of letting them like coalesce into the right shape that works for more people than might have been the case whenever it was just like a four week program and it came to an end. And even that, like I had the intention to bring all the people who'd done the four weeks together uh, together once a month. So say like there was a, a little group of six um in say july and then a group of six in august and then at the end of august both the groups come together for like one big very loose hangout gathering around a fire and do some of the movement games that they would have done separately and then same again in september there's another group of six but the end of september all the groups get together for like this big hangout maybe there's a way to uh to get those slightly bigger groups together in the future and this week I'm meeting some awesome and interesting people to chat about venues for that so again this is the sort of thing like if you're interested in it please do reach out and say like keep me informed let me know uh, I want this to be like a pretty affordable thing that people can just drop in and out of each week although it's definitely the sort of thing that with consistency you would get a lot more out of so you know, another thing that I was thinking of is like maybe there's like a really basic workshop to kind of get people an, a, a true sense of what it's all about. And then you're open to, you know, attend the weekly things. Those are the sort of details that I'm still working on. Still working on finding the right space for this. Again, like I said, around the Wim Hof workshops, the, the space is extremely important for this kind of thing. But I will absolutely keep you all posted on updates for that very soon and yeah all kinds of other exciting new things coming next year too like i said potentially weekend retreats and uh, workshops in the morns again that's another thing that i would love to bring back it's something that i get asked about pretty regularly too and there's something i almost brought back last year and found a really cool venue and for one reason or another didn't come together in the way that i'd hoped but that's definitely on the cards for the year ahead too. The last thing that I probably should mention uh, on the horizon is the book. The book is over a year in development now. I started it at the beginning of November last year. Got pretty far into it and the ending massively changed. I had an assumption about where it was going and my life didn't go that way. <laughs> so it provided a new and more authentic and more interesting ending to the book. And uh, it's just a completely different thing. Truth be told, I haven't put in much work on that really for a while now as I've been focusing on corporate workshops, I've been doing some private stuff and uh, focusing on some one-to-one -one work and I brought back those Wim Hof Method workshops. I'm also focusing on these new things for next year that I've been talking about 
and I just haven't had the capacity to commit to the book in the way that I would like to. I was also finding it like very emotionally challenging as well, like reliving a lot of old stuff in the past because when I've told the story in the past, there's probably been a bit of dissociation, you know, talking about it as a story and not actually fully being there and realizing like, oh yeah, all that shit actually happened to me. I lived through that. <laughs> I was very, very, very sick for four years and um, yeah, that was, uh, it was hard to to write about that stuff and go through it and I still feel like there's so much value in there and I'm really passionate about sharing this but another consideration is that like it's a massive investment of time that has one no immediate return and two no guaranteed return um not that the guaranteed return thing would stop me you know I need to write this book for me but also I have a priority of surviving <laughs> so uh you know the workshops are uh are things and the one-to-one -one work that i'm doing these are things that put a roof over my head and allow me to eat <laughs> and um yeah anyone who is attending the workshops and supporting in that way it's i can't tell you how grateful i am that you put your faith and trust in me to share the things that i've learned over the years and uh, I know the feedback's always so awesome that, uh, yeah, I know people who come and do support get every, you know, it's, it, there's a lot to be gained from it. So it's a, a real honor and pleasure for me to share that stuff too. Another way you can support to wrap up the podcast is over on causewayliving.com slash podcast. If you don't live locally and your only way of engaging is whether you're following on social media and you enjoy the content I put out and you listen to the podcast, you can support over on causewayliving.com slash podcast with a donation. So there's an option for a one-off donation. Uh, the more helpful thing probably is the options on there for recurring donations. So if you're listening to the podcast every week and you want to put across a small amount of money each month, or a large amount of money, <laughs> you're very welcome to. Although that said, you know, there's only a few options on there to put in recurring donations and they're all relatively modest amounts of money and, uh, that you could support in green energy. Send that cash, cash money, yo, and uh, keep this thing coming. But just be told, I'm going to be recording this thing every week anyway. If you're not in the position to um support financially even in a small amount you know like i said given it's potentially difficult times for folks just listening to the podcast is awesome i super appreciate that massively appreciate any feedback and uh you know any kind words as well like i've had so many nice emails off the back of recording these podcasts you can get in touch through causewayliving.com podcast as well there is a little contact form on there that you can get in touch if you should wish to do so and of course you can on all the social media channels so probably the best ones instagram drop me a dm on there all the social media stuff is just either at or slash causeway living and keep listening to the podcast share it with your friends over on social media help spread the word let's grow this thing together 
you, the Causeway Living Podcast OG listener, in in the first dozen episodes. Me, Scott Riley, the guy who steps up to the mic each week that he doesn't have a pre-recorded one ready. <laughs> and uh, yeah, excited to see where this thing goes. I'm going to wrap this one up. I felt like keeping it a relatively short one. Just kind of an update on what's been going on recently and what's coming up ahead. And I've got some ideas for potentially some deeper episodes in the future. One thing that I was considering for this week was the one truth. (laughs) If that piques your interest, let me know and uh, maybe I'll, I'll record an episode on that next week. There's also the acid boat story, which I feel is coming soon, but now that I'm thinking about it, that would sit really well after the thing that I was thinking about, that big singular truth. Anyway, those are coming up in the near future. I'm going to wrap this up for now and wish you an awesome week. Take care, much love and peace out.